to you. This is the first day show on 93 WIBC, and we're so glad you're here. Our number two. You sound like Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, oh I love Rob. her. Love her. <laughs> uh, I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Good morning. Kyle and Tally producing the show today. Good morning. We're here just for about another hour. Uh, Debbie Castle, a friend of the show, is celebrating a birthday this weekend. Happy birthday, Debbie. Usually she sings to us with the Capital City Chorus. Denny, could you please sing to her happy birthday? Well, today is your birthday, or so I've been told. What a wonderful feeling it years old. On a cake there will be candles all lighted for you. And the whole world will be singing. Happy birthday birthday to to you, Debbie Castle, and anybody celebrating a birthday. Boom, 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 boom. It is the last day. Thank you, Danny. Oh, sure. Thank you, Kylan, for chiming in at the end. Oh, pleasure. Making it just more beautiful. She was dancing for you, Debbie. Uh, But I can only sing. Hey, guys, it's the last day of the boat sport and travel show at the fairgrounds. Now, professional fisherman Dan Armitage has a kids fishing seminar at noon. It's great. I know that's not much time to get there, but it is a fantastic show in Tackletown. Biggest fish you ever caught, Terry? Uh, It was an albino. Catfish? Catfish. And I don't know how much it weighed, but it sat across my arms and it made me bend over. I caught a a big catfish on a trot line. Uh, I think it was 24 pounds. And the DNR guy came down and wanted to make sure we had a fishing license, and I didn't have one. Oh, so the other no. guy said he caught it. It was um, there was a guy by the name of John Yeager. He really was the one that took it off the hook, but I took credit for it. He had your back on he that one. He had my did. back. He oh surely my did. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, anyway. It just feels like spring out there. So uh, head on out to the boat sport and travel show last day. Sarah Twister, the foot archer and contortionist we talked to last week, she is back in the Sportsman's Arena at two thirty today. Uh, here's some more good news: the Children's Museum of Indianapolis ranked number one on the 2023 number USA one. Today 10 Best Readers Choice Travel Award contest for Best Children's Museum. And they are. They really are. They really are for young and old alike. We all love the Children's Museum. Congratulations. Uh, And we have a new public restroom station in downtown Indianapolis. (laughs) Have you seen it? (laughs) Have you seen it, Kylan? Excuse me? A Uh, public restroom station? Station. Station. No, I haven't seen it. Does it have showers? It's no. Okay. No, but it's a shipping container. All right. Port a and it's outside the old city hall building near Alabama and East New York Street. Now, this is not a bad idea, you guys. This is a pretty good idea. I like this one. I really do. Because it's, as I mentioned, it's a shipping container that's painted blue. It has two stalls, one being wheelchair accessible. And it is open to housed and unhoused residents alike. So it must have a reservoir of some sort to hold the refuse because there's Boy. no there's no oh, way to dump it right okay. there, is there? No. But yeah. they... And that... That question has been addressed. They're going to come and clean it up. Have every you heard week. about the Japanese? The Japanese have public restrooms, and on the outside of the restrooms, they're all mirrors, but they're one way mirrors. And so you can sit on the toilet and do your business <laughs> and look out, and everybody's coming up and fixing their hair and everything, and you're That's on the job. cool. The Japanese have got a sense of humor. I like that. Yeah. But you know, when you think about it, we don't have any public restrooms downtown. No. 
and it's hard going into a it restaurant. Really like, is. I just need your bathroom. Oh Sorry, Chipotle. Yeah. You know, when I was waiting for the St. Pat every year, never failed St. Patrick's oh. Day parade, and we would wait for a couple of hours Went before we get into room. the. Yeah. You'd, yeah, you'd try and you'd wait in a line there, and you just still felt like you know we need public restrooms because not every building is going to let you in to go to their bathroom. Shipping containers is a unique approach. It, shipping containers are doing everything. I Gardening. Guess so. They built the house at them at the home show. Amazing. Yeah, the home, the swimming pools, movie stars. It's just amazing. But these shipping containers, we just have the one, and this is kind of the pilot public restroom. But I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And we keep talking about the homeless and how we have feces in our alleys. Uh, maybe this will help. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe this will help. It's They're just taking one. care of their city, and I, I think that's nice. They need more. I can't imagine. I'm sure people are upset that it's some sort of eyesore. But I'm sorry I laughed at the concept. It is a good concept, No, I mean, Kai, you do kind of giggle at tickled. the beginning. Yeah, I know. And if they had one with two-way mirrors on him, that would be awesome. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh, what else do we need? Oh, I guess we better take a break because we've got a pretty busy hour coming up. Uh, in fact, what's coming up next? Kylan, you've got a guest. Yeah, this week is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and I think that's a pretty stigmatized concept Absolutely. like it, you can't really talk about it so we're going to talk about it so you don't have to really when you look at the demographics of who that affects it is primarily female mm -hmm. but not always but primarily mostly the majority mm -hmm. are females and they're about in your demographic right yeah. i mean they're start young the disorder starts young and can go, yep. go through college and Oftentimes, starting Beyond. in middle school, going up with just body image, especially during that time, Absolutely. going through puberty, not really knowing this, what's this going on. This ought to be on. a good segment. Be a good one. Mm -hmm. Kylan's going to take care of this one, and we will do that next. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. First day with Terry Stacy on 93 WIBC. I'm Kylan Talley and Denny Smith's here in the studio with us. It's National Eating Disorder Awareness Week coming up. And there's a lot that goes around this topic. Whether you're dealing with it, whether you are with someone who is going through something like this, and how to support them. So we have Cassie Morton. She is from the Greater Counseling of Indiana, and she's here to talk with us about it. Cassie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. For you, what made you go into this practice? It was my own struggle with an eating disorder, actually, that started me down the path of wanting to work with kids and teens and young adults who also struggle. Can you just describe eating disorders in general? I know through school, most of us have talked through some of the major eating disorders, but for someone just as going through life, what would an eating disorder be? There are actually several different types of eating disorders. Um, there's like anorexia nervosa, bulimia, um, binge purging, um, and each eating disorder is like completely different. So, and there's like many different types of anorexia as well. And I think the most common one that I see a lot of is um, restrictive type. So it's like you eat a little bit, but you don't eat much. You're very cautious about like your calories. Like I know some people that I've worked with, they will only let themselves eat no more than 500 calories a day, and then they might go exercise two, three plus thousand calories. And then like binge eating, you just let yourself eat everything pretty much. And it's like, you don't stop, you just sit there and eat. And then sometimes with that, like you might go make yourself throw it up after or go excessively exercise after. 
um, just to burn off all those calories or get rid of all those calories you put into your body. When does it become the difference between, for example, as a college student, mm-hmm. for me, I enjoy snacking and eating whenever I'm doing homework. Mm-hmm. When does it become something more so of just a habit of not eating a whole lot or eating a lot to then becoming an eating disorder? Um, I think there's like a fine line between that. And I think like you have to recognize like what are your limits when it comes to food? What do you feel comfortable how many calories do you feel comfortable consuming in a day? And do you notice like yourself starting to become like obsessed with your weight? Like let's say you're one who snacks all the time during your college classes or like while you're studying, are you comfortable with that? Or is it starting to make you feel uncomfortable and then you're starting to obsess about your weight or how much you're eating in a day? I think, you know, eating disorders are very prevalent in today's culture, more so than normal. Um, You know, according to the um, Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders, you know, 28.8 million Americans will develop an eating disorder at some point in their lifetime. Um, So that's a lot of people in our country that will struggle with an eating disorder. And I think we need to recognize, like, what are some of the causes behind it? And I know, like, um, a lot of our girls sometimes, too, get their idea of their body image from their mothers. Like, do you hear, does your daughter or your child hear, you know, you as a parent talking negatively about your body? Because then they're going to start to think that's how you should view yourself. And then that's how an eating disorder can really develop and help raise awareness because eating disorders are the um, second leading cause of death among mental health issues and opiate overdoses, number one. Cassie Morton is joining us. She's a licensed clinical worker at Greater Purpose Counseling. Cassie, whenever you have someone going through an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. what are some things that you would do for supporting them or would you suggest for anyone else supporting someone going through it? So I would first recommend, I think the biggest thing when you're going through an eating disorder is to make sure you have a dietitian or a nutritionist that can help you come up with a balanced meal plan. That is the first thing I would recommend all clients to do. Um, And then supporting them through that, I would work through like, what are some of the causes of the eating disorder? Because like, I know a lot of times, a lot of the people I have worked with, there's trauma behind the eating disorder, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's like something deeper going on that led to the eating disorder to happen. So I'd explore with them what, what is causing your eating disorder so we can work through that and get you back to a balanced place. There have been a lot of different changes that I've seen, at least socially, whenever someone is mm-hmm. going through an eating disorder. For example, if you are talking to someone and you compliment their Mm -hmm. weight loss, but the weight loss isn't in a healthy way, even though you don't notice it. Yeah. So my biggest recommendation is, you know, I don't like to comment people on their weight because I don't know what they're going through. They might be satisfied with where their weight is and they might be completely dissatisfied with it. Now, if I notice, hey, you've lost a lot of weight and you look very unhealthy, what's going on? Is there anything I can do to help you out? Or if not, let me know if there ever is or I can help you with resources. Because, like, I've had people that, like, 
would comment on someone else's weight or their weight, and it would send them like into a spiral, make their eating disorder worse because Mm -hmm. they felt like that person was telling them, oh, you're overweight, you need to lose more. So I don't like to bring up the topic of weight with people um, because I don't know where they're at with their eating disorder or where they're at with their weight. For parents on the other side, what's a good thing for parents to look out for to notice if a child is going through an eating disorder? I would look at their behaviors. How much are they eating at the dinner table? Are they getting up from the table and running to the bathroom, running to their room to excessively exercise? Um, Are they avoiding eating food in public? Um, Are they taking food to their room and eating in secret? So I would look for those different types of behaviors. It's such a hard topic dealing with eating disorders because Mm -hmm. it's something that you don't normally see happening. So for parents, Mm -hmm. if they do notice an eating disorder, what are some things that they can do if someone doesn't want to get help? Um, I would be there to support your child because if someone's not ready for help, help is not going to work. Therapy is not going to work. You have to be ready for it in order for it to work. So I'd be there to support them, encourage them, tell them, you know, they're beautiful. Tell them they don't, they look perfect the way they are. Because I feel like a lot of times, like, we criticize our bodies and we think, oh, you know, we're not perfect. We don't look thin because society puts so much pressure on our girls to look a certain way. And if you fail to meet those expectations, then you're down on yourself. So, you know, I would encourage your daughter, tell her, you know, you're beautiful the way you are. You don't need to lose weight. You know, you need to eat to stay healthy, to thrive, to survive, and just encourage them in that way. Are girls the ones who typically have eating disorders? It is more common in women, but there are males um, that do struggle with eating disorders. We just don't hear about it a lot. Um, because there's a lot of stigma around men having eating disorders. Um, A lot of the ones I have worked with have been females, but I know there are men as well that struggle. For someone who isn't ready for help, what are some good steps to take to help them get to the point of being able to see someone who is licensed and can give them more help than just a parent or support system? Um, If they love reading, there's a lot of really good books out there that, you know, you can recommend that they read. Um, One of my favorite books is Goodbye, Ed, Hello, Me by Jenny Schaefer. And it talks a lot about, like, looking at your eating disorder as this person that you're in a toxic relationship with and how to say goodbye to that person. It's a really good book, and I know it's helped so many people recognize that they have an eating disorder and that they need help. We're talking with Cassie Morton. She's a licensed clinical worker at Greater Purpose Counseling. And Greater Purpose Counseling is one of the different sources and resources that you can use in Indianapolis. You can go to greaterpurposecounseling.com, see all of the different categories that they help with. And again, that's greaterpurposecounseling.com. Cassie, again, thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you for having me. I want to do remind just to end the whole conversation because it is a heavy topic, but something that Cassie said. Thank you, Cassie. She said, you are beautiful the way you are. Keep that in just for everybody, men, women, anybody. You are beautiful the way you are. 
Happy Sunday. <laughs> I, th- I think she Thank was you, looking Kylie. at me. She was <laughs> I think she was looking <laughs> at me. 11.25. Good interview. Thank you very much for taking the time to do that for us because we need to be reminded that there are some other important stories out there. Uh, Kylan Talley, our producer. Denny Smith, I'm Terry Stacy. Hey, guess what, guys? It is Combine Week. Oh, that's right. Combine NFL. this week. Is it, am I right? Uh-huh. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure, but I think that the Combine is this week at Lucas Oil Stadium. And there are, for the first time, the NFL is giving fans the chance to check out the NFL Combine experience outside of Lucas Oil Stadium while the draft hopefuls are inside. So access to the activities, which include some of the drills the future pros participate in under the watchful eye of NFL scouts, is free and it is open to the public. And there are all kinds of activities. There will also be prize giveaways, shopping opportunities, autograph opportunities. Look what the NFL has done. They've taken this combine and they've turned it into a major event. That's the way to do it. And it's right here in our backyard. Uh, so for more information, by the way, you're going to be able to watch the NFL Combine activities on video screens. And I mean, just they're really making it awesome. But admission is free. But you got to register for the NFL One Pass either online or by downloading the NFL's One Pass app. All right. Combine experience starts on Thursday from 1 to 7. On Friday, also 11 to 7. And then Saturday and Sunday, too. So it's going to be a big week here. A little money, little money made here for the Combine. A lot of people in town for that. And you are welcome to attend as well, mm-hmm. Kylie. Some other trending stories. You, We are experiencing the spring weather. Beautiful day outside. Be sure to go out and get some sunshine. But... I mentioned earlier that I got to see some snow in New York. Well, California also got quite a bit of snow, and that was interesting to see. Up in the mountains for the first time in a long time. Mm -hmm. They got hammered. Did it make it onto the Hollywood sign? Oh, there no. was concern. <laughs> no. I think there was concern that it was that there was going to be snow on the. Not concerned, but they were hoping there would be some snow on the Hollywood mm-hmm. sign. It'd be a once in a blue moon. Uh-huh. Some uh, other trending stories. There's a Pennsylvania location for the Chick Fil A restaurant, and they're creating a new rule not allowing teenagers or children to dine in at their mm-hmm. location. You can at the be Chick-fil-A? a company. Right. It's they said they're a family friendly restaurant after this incident where some teenagers started getting pretty rowdy and they ended up starting to cuss out some of the customers so that kind of set a rule for everybody across the board that sorry if you're unaccompanied you're not allowed to dine here you can buy food but you have to take it to go i have to say that they're entitled to do that maybe that'll straighten it up if the parents got involved they're not gonna let kids do that yeah uh we'll see what happens with that oh kids uh it is 11 28 coming up (gasps) Oh, I'm so excited. Kylan's lined up a producer. This is a good one. We are Wes Montgomery, a jazz artist who came from Indianapolis. He would have been celebrating his 100th birthday coming up. And so with that, there have been some tributes going through a few performances just through the Indianapolis area. But there's a documentary that's going to be premiering tonight. And we get to talk to the producer and director of it. Oh, great. After the break, you're listening to the first day, 93 WIBC. I don't want to talk. It's beautiful music. It's fantastic. It is fantastic and perfect for a Sunday morning or any time for that matter. It is 11.33, 45 degrees, and uh, beautiful blue skies on Monument Circle. I'm Terry Stacy. Along with Denny Smith, 
Good morning, dear one. Good morning. Just a few more minutes together, about a half hour. Kyle and Tally producing today's show. Mm-hmm. We've got a special guest. Yeah, we do. The song you're hearing is A Day in the Life by West Montgomery. West Montgomery, who was from the Indianapolis area, he was born on March 6th and would have been turning 100 years old if he were still alive today. And... A little he died tribute. too soon, in fact. He did. Very he did. Age. He suffered from a heart attack in 1968 when just his son 40. was just six years old. Yeah, and he was a 40-something, right? Mm-hmm. 44, 45? He had seven kids. He was, a, he was a welder, and then he would work nights as a musician, mm-hmm. smoked heavily, and so, you know, too much... Too much work, not enough sleep, and too much smoke, and it caught up with him. But what a what but a the work he felt. did was oh, amazing, gosh. and, and will live forever. It got it to will. play with Lionel Hampton. I mm-hmm. mean, golly! Yeah, it became one of the most influential jazz artists, especially being a guitarist. And so, putting some credit to all the work that he's doing, the first film documentary will be coming out tonight. It'll the be premiering first tonight. First one, which oh, is cool. surprises me that it had. There's not another one, but yes, the first one. Please, Kylan. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Oh, no, you. no. We're very excited to have with us Kevin Finch, who was the one behind this premiere. Yes. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Kevin, a little bit about your background. You were with our sister stations, Wish, and then WTHR prior? Everybody knows Kevin. <laughs> Hardly that. But yes, I was uh, I was 13 years at 13. I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was uh, at uh, Wish for six years and had a cup of coffee at RTV and also did some work with WFYI. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I did a tour, uh, 23 years in Indianapolis. And now you're a producer, director, writer, and jukebox, jukeboxer pro. What made you want to write this documentary about West Montgomery? Uh, I was looking for my next project. Uh, I finished up a documentary film on a, a Cold, Cold War submarine incident. that's called Triton America's Deep Secret in 2018. And I think, okay, what's, you know, what's, could be my next project and you know all those years living there i was a jazz fan before i got to indianapolis and but i didn't realize that wes was from there or freddie hubbard or jj johnson or sly hampton or, or, or wes's brothers or he's like oh my gosh and so i was looking around and i started googling and youtube and what do you mean nobody's done a documentary on wes montgomery you've got to be kidding and the more I looked, yeah, yeah, confirmed. Yeah, there was a wonderful radio documentary uh, on NPR uh, done with the late Nancy uh, Wilson, not the not the guitarist from Heart, but the other Nancy oh, Wilson. Okay. She was a <laughs> she was a jazz and uh, a torch song singer, and it was great. But that was it, just a radio doc, and there was there hadn't been any any television uh, or film. And I thought, yeah, that's amazing. And so uh, that became my goal. Then let's let's make one happen just reading about this documentary i've already learned so much and i'm excited to learn even more about west montgomery simply like the sound that he has with his guitar comes from the touch of his thumb on the strings so he could produce that softer more um yeah just that softer tone what are some other things that you learned about west that were interesting and that you're excited to share in this film well i heard you guys talking just a couple of moments ago about his uh, uh his schedule and his work ethic. I mean, he he was a welder. He worked at uh, three different Indianapolis companies. You know, he always worked. And so uh, the welding job was the first one. Then he went to PR Mallory, which later was, uh, I think, uh, bought out by Duracell batteries. And then he was uh, with a dairy company, Pope Dairy. And uh, 
those were all the kind of like seven to three day jobs. You'd come home, he'd uh, practice, he'd uh, in later years do some composing and that sort of thing. And might take a nap, might have dinner and then with the family and then go to work again. And that would be 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. at a, cl- at a nightclub on along Indiana Avenue or near Indiana Avenue. And then he wasn't done. <laughs> then he would go to an after-hours place. And it was really the after-hours clubs, including one. These are all long gone. I mean, Indiana Avenue doesn't look anything like it used to. And one of them was called the Missile uh, Room. And the Missile Room was where he was discovered a second time. Uh, the first time was, was by Lionel Hampton back in the late 40s. But in 1959, um, he was discovered a second time. And then he didn't have to do that because he would get done at 4 in the morning from the after-hours club, come back home. His wife, Serene, would fix breakfast, and he'd go back to work at the 7 to 3 shift. Man, what a schedule. Uh, yeah, really, yeah. really crazy. Yeah. This is uh, Kevin Finch. He is a producer, director, writer for Jukeboxer Productions. We're talking about the new documentary called Westbound. The name West Montgomery, Kevin, started appearing in local newspapers. So about when? When did he really start to get that break where everybody knew him and everybody wanted him to perform in their spots? Well, he uh, he didn't start at all until um, 1944, something like that. He started playing at a place called the 440 Club, uh, which was on 440 Indiana Avenue, and there's nothing left of it. And he got, you know, he was he was already, you know, noticeable that sort of thing. But he started first appearing in ads when he would be with a band called Four Kings and a Jack, or something like that, and. And then by, you know, when he came back from his two-year tour with Lionel Hampton from 48 to 50, then, oh, he was the marquee. Well, that guy who was with Lionel Hampton, he's there. And so that's when not only did he keep playing and getting better gigs along the avenue, but all these other big-name musicians started coming in. That, you know, you got to hear about their – and, of course, always got to use the word cat. So there's this cat from, you know, and he's got – he's really great. you got to see what this cat does with his thumb. It's amazing. It. You know, and, I heard so, Kevin. Yeah. I heard the story about that thumb. I saw an interview with him once, and he said, "You know, I can play with a pick." But he said the neighbors got mad at me for playing so loud. I put the pick on the on the amp, and he said I just played with my thumb, and I turned the amp way down low. But he said that's the only reason I played with my thumb because I didn't want to wake up the neighbors. I thought that was a great story, and he uh, he really turned it around with that. He did. It was it was an accidental discovery, uh, but. Uh, what you'll find out in the film is it wasn't the neighbors, and that's that's one oh, of the reveals. What in the, it was definitely a complaint about noise. Uh oh, was it Mama? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so I'm not uh, just you know. All right, let's, sorry. Let's leave that as a tease. But Didn't yeah. mean to but spill your right. candy in the lobby. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So that yeah, that was an amazing fortuitous accident, and and also what we have an interview with George Benson where he talks about how. Wes's thumb was double jointed too, what? so he could so he could pull it way back, and that <laughs> oh allowed him this amazing technique. And he could do it fast too. As well, you know, it'd be kind of like all oh, just mellow. And I heard you were playing um, a day in the life, which was a gold record for Wes Montgomery, by the way. And you know, that is there's that kind of the mellow sound that's in that song. But he could also go ninety miles an hour with that thumb too, which <laughs> is amazing. So funny. Awesome, mm-hmm. Kylan. Yeah, Westbound the 
documentary that you're having, The Genius of Wes Montgomery. You worked pretty close in hand with his youngest kid, uh, Robert Montgomery. What was some of the better experiences going through and filming some of the work that goes into the documentary? What's one of the greatest stories that you have from that experience? Well, uh, we show this. We, we don't get into all the all the, the background on the situation, but we went to New Crown Cemetery where Wes is buried, and we were just doing some shooting there. And what are the odds? There's there's this couple, and they're walking around, and they're they're probably, you know, a couple hundred yards from us, and they just, you know, looking at gravestones, and they just keep walking closer and closer. And sure enough, they it's a guy who studied guitar at a conservatory in Cincinnati, and he came to pay his respects oh, while we were my. there. And so uh, Robert hadn't shown up yet. We were, it was just the film crew. We were just, we were just hanging out. Uh, but we got this guy, and, and he ends up in the film talking about the technique uh, that Wes used and very knowledgeable. I mean, you know, he was like talking to a, you know, a professor who really knew all of this stuff about the, the musical background and everything else. And just what are the odds that guy just shows up? Wow. But, you know, it was also, you know, some great moments, as you'll see, near the end of the film with um, with West with uh, with Robert Montgomery and uh, George Benson, mm. because interesting thing is, you know, Robert will tell tell everybody that he wasn't a fan of his father at first uh, as a musician. Huh. Um, he discovered George Benson and Pat Metheny first and then worked backward to his dad, you know, because because you know, you know, the kids will all tell you, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, so there's the big time musicians. Well, we didn't care. We we're kids, you know, but. You know, those are name people. Yeah, whatever. You know, because that was just their their daily life. You know, they didn't they didn't care about that kind of stuff. When's when's dinner? You know, yeah, that thanks, sort of Dad. Thing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Finch, he's the director, producer, writer of the new documentary, the first documentary that will be over West Montgomery. It's called Westbound: The Genius of West Montgomery. It'll be premiering tonight on WTIU at 8 p.m. And it's even voiced and narrated by Eric Deegans. He's from NPR. Wonderful documentary that you can go and check out and have a little tribute to Wes Montgomery and his 100th birthday. Kevin, thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you, Kevin, so much. Thanks, Kevin. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you for doing this. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks for doing it. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like a fantastic documentary. Again, what time, Kylan? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. WTI. By the way, his final, Wes Montgomery's final resting place, he mentioned New Crown Cemetery. That's just at 2101 Churchman Avenue, just right here on the near south side, I think, in that close to mm-hmm. south side. Uh, yeah. Uh, the West Montgomery footprints all over central Indiana, truly, every, everywhere. Yeah, but when you look great. at his home and where different homes were on West 44th Street and and uh, just his stomping grounds, boy, oh boy, love what a legacy. Like these. It's, me to too. These mm-hmm. me it's too. nice to see what goes into the Indianapolis area that you don't even realize. And gone too soon at just 45 years young. Uh, all right, uh, we'll take a break right now. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. you're able to get out there and enjoy this day i know it is uh it's gonna be brisk but it's gonna be sunny you can do anything when the sun shines five degrees 
It is 45 degrees right now, and enjoy it. We've got a roller coaster of a ride of weather coming in. Some thunderstorms perhaps tomorrow, and then again, up and down temperatures, but certainly above average, above normal temperatures that are coming up this week. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley producing today's show. I mentioned earlier that it is the last day of the Boat Sport and Travel Show, if you can get out there and enjoy. I know a lot of uh, anglers are getting pretty excited about getting out there and fishing yeah. in their honey holes. So... <laughs> You? You are? No. Oh, I'm not at the moment. No, I'm not. I'm not as excited as I usually am, but I don't know why. But yes, we love to do that. You know, you call them a honey hole. The only honey hole I ever had was my crappie spot. It was down on Lamb Lake. Mom and Dad lived down there. On Lamb Lake. And I had a crappie spot that I really liked. I mean, you could throw a a wooden nickel in there on your hook and and get a crappie to hit. But those were deep. That's the only honey hole I've ever had. You know what, though? But those are so good to eat. Deep fried. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Lacy lips, you know, you yeah. can tear their lips right off by mistake. So they are so good. I think those are the fish. My sister and her husband, big time morel mushroom hunters, mm-hmm. and uh, so they they find just gobs of them, and then they f- trade them. I think for crappie that are caught down in southern Indiana. That's some heavy duty negotiation. They trade, they trade there. They do the trade, and then we have big fish fry. And that fish, <laughs> I just I, who knew that I would love the crappie so much, but they're so good, just delicious. Look at that. Uh, I want to mention because coming up is National Canine Veterans Day, and this is this is kind of um, that's near and dear to my heart. Me too. Uh, March thirteenth, nineteen forty-two. Terry, I think they called them war dogs at they that did. point. They brought them in, and they have been a part of uh, both the armed forces and uh, police forevermore. Uh, they train at our farm. I love them. But this big uh, event's coming up March 11th, which is, what, a couple weeks away? Yeah. It's going to be 4 to 7 p.m. at the Hotel Tango Distillery, which is right at the corner of 106 and Zionsville Road. But, better known. That's yeah. better known. That's a good match made in heaven. Oh, my. Those two. Those two organizations. <laughs> but the Central Indiana Canine Association is celebrating that that Veterans Day. Well, hope to hope to get some uh, some conversation with them. Maybe we'll have that next week for you all. Okay, that would be great. Yeah, let's do. Let's if we can, let's do that. Uh, it is uh, eleven fifty. Is it time for food news? Food news. Do it, Kylie. Give us a little food news. I love food news. <laughs> Everybody. This is from Oliver. It is. <laughs> I think it's the best song for something like Please, this. Please, sir, can Got I have him. some more? Mm-hmm. First day food news. Can I tell you I ate at the Sonic? You on the south side. I haven't been to a Sonic for a long time. We've got a new the Sonic drive-in. coming to Westfield. Do you? All right, off of 32. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I'm going to a different drive-in this week, Swenson's. Oh, go you're try them out Avon? again. Yeah, That's an yes. Avon, though. Oh, I off have of 36. Will this be your first time? It'll be the first time eating the food. I went on their grand opening day. The line was very long, and I wanted to talk to the CEO before he left. So I did not get food that day, but I'll get food this week. Okay. Did you get conversation? Did you get a chance to talk to the CEO? Yep, yep. Was I talked he? to him again. It was, yeah, he's a wonderful guy. He we talked like to him on. De- he sounded like the real deal. He is. Yeah, you should go and see the podcast at WIBC.com. First day with Terry Stacy. It's podcasted there. Go listen to it. Thank you, Kylan, what for a posting guy. all that stuff. Um, some food news this okay. week, one of my favorite weeks, National Pancake Day. While it was um, also last Tuesday, it's this Tuesday. Wait a minute. Uh, they're having two I pancake know. days? I know. Isn't that weird? Mm. The, <laughs> so National Pancake Day is always going to be at least on the 21st, but then there's the 28th one that moves dependent on IHOP. IHOP declares the actual, I don't know, it's weird. Anyways, 
IHOP's National Pancake Day is this Tuesday, November 28th, and you can get free pancakes at IHOP if you are just dining in. You don't now, have do to buy put, anything. You do don't you have put to the do fruit it. on your pancakes? I'm just really the butter and syrup kind of guy. Do you put the I like blueberries? My chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Um, something else I like ice cream. Yeah. You all scream for ice cream? Yeah. There's a new ice cream shop opening soon. It is an authentic Mexican ice cream shop and opening oh. over in Southport. Its they, grand opening is this Saturday at noon. They invented the fried ice cream. Oh, I the love me- that. Isn't that the greatest, Terry? I do, and I miss it because I would get that only at the Chi-Chi's. <laughs> Here we are talking about food. I'm getting hungry. It's noon o'clock. Well, it's I'm hungry. it's noon. I miss it. Well, I don't know that we ever really had it very often, but that, you know, Sunday Sunday dinner after church with the fried chicken and What did you do after church? Did you guys, we always went to the no. uh, IU cafeteria. Uh, we would go down there. In to the, the IU, at the, on the campus? On the campus. Yeah, they had, you know, that was where uh, after church we were at 7th and 8th Christian Church there on 30th Street, and we'd just go down there and that would be have fun. our lunch. I do like eating at hospital re- hospital cafeterias. They've so really I improved. They, oh, they're they did, fantastic. They didn't used to be fantastic. <laughs> are you trying to they, tell us something else, Scott? Uh, well, I mean, this is a we're Sunday brunch Jenny time. We're talking food, we're food here, food. here talking girl. Food. I want to talk one more food opening. All right. Okay. A new brunch, wine, and bourbon lounge is coming to Greenwood. Its grand opening is Monday tomorrow, 4 to 10 p.m. It's just going to be a little eatery, serving some beef tenderloin and even French toast, well, bourbon. It's got a lot of different things. Well, what is it? What's well, it called? Me, let me look it up again. It's ant, antilogy? Antilogy? Antilogy. Okay. Antilogy? A-N-T-I-L-O-G-Y. wonder what that means. Antilogy. Antilogy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, will you be going to see Cocaine Bear today? Anybody? I'm not going to go see it. But you know, that story's gotten all twisted. This is what Hollywood does. Don't you remember that story? It wasn't a real bear. It wasn't a little baby bear. It was it just was a so baby, tiny. like a 150-pound bear. Seeing it was the, a very, oh. very, very, very bear. Seeing the taxidermy of it, it's just, it's so tiny. Small. Yeah. It is. Poor and uh, But people are loving it. I'm looking for this story because, to, not to tie it in, but it did make me think of, they found this ancient bear. Did you see this yesterday? No, ma'am. I mean, it, it's like thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, I work with a bear every Saturday, Pat Sullivan, (laughs) but I don't remember the ancient bear. Well, the permafrost is apparently melting in some parts of our world, and in in doing that, they're finding these creatures that are pretty well preserved. And they found this ancient bear, and of course scientists and researchers are just just, you know, so excited about what they they can learn from finding these ancient creatures that are now melting. Uh, But this ancient bear apparently was uh, giant, and grizzly-like and preserved, which is amazing how that permafrost, how that fro- kept you it believe, preserved. Do you believe in the ability to take the DNA? I mean, have you seen this t- idea of... Pull, the Jurassic you know, Park type? The Jurassic Park type thing, taking the the uh, DNA and trying to reconstruct this species. Yeah. I'm not sure that you should be playing with that. I don't know. I don't think like that. bringing back something that's been extinct mm-hmm. for years. That's, I just don't know that that's such a good. I'm idea. looking at the picture of that bear. That is one big bear. That's a well, big bear. You know, for a while there was talk, and again, this was just in reading. I don't can't confirm it, but they were talking about bringing back the woolly mammoth, and I thought, oh my gosh, of all the problems we need, and now you're going to unleash a woolly mammoth. <laughs> think how much back food into that, the wild. An elephant. Think how much food an elephant eats in oh a, in a woolly goodness. mammoth. Well, it would be hit by a car. I mean, we just don't need them right now. Interesting, though. Uh, all right. We so, barely have ice for our polar bears, let alone a big old woolly wool- uh, mammoth. Thank you, Kylan. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the polar bears are you. now mating with the grizzly bears because the grizzly bears are Whoa. moving up. Polar bears are moving down because of the ice. And uh, now we've got uh, pizzlies. <laughs> <laughs>
you make that up? That's my history lesson for you today. There's my animal speak to you. As Taylor Watch Grolers, out for the pizzlies. she got some and the goolers. <laughs> and the goolers. Because it's happening. It's happening. Let's take care of the earth. Oh, Lord. Denny, thanks for coming today. Oh, I love you, ladies. Kylan, you did an awesome job. And thank Denny, you, you for joining too. us. You really did. Have a great week ahead, everybody. Glad you were here with us today on the first day, 93 WIBC.